congratulations. You found it. The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, also featuring book nerd Jessica Butcher. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. Justin, it's good to see you. We haven't had you on the show in like freaking forever. It has been forever. Hey, it's Justin. He's back. Mr. Talk About His Dick Again. <laughs> we that, love that. Are we recording? Yes. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Nerdy ass white kid, whatever, man. I'll say it him. The king of self-deprecating humor. <gasps> and my best friend, so there's that. Well, everybody needs a best friend. I got mine. So it's the best friends episode, right? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Everybody is our book friend. That's very true. We have millions <laughs> of best friends out there. Mm-hmm. We just haven't met all of them yet. Exactly. Oh, speaking of which, we need to re-encourage people to sign up for the virtual world tour, which means basically you, you get to be on the show with us. And how freaking awesome is that, Justin? I love it. So if you haven't signed up for the virtual world tour yet, it doesn't take very long to do it. Just go fill out the form. Just send mm-hmm. us a quick audio file of yourself talking about books, maybe talking about your favorite book, whatever. And it doesn't have to be the book that you plan to review. It can just be whatever. We just want to hear your voice. I hate it when we have headphones because then you're so fucking quiet over there. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, I'm sucking on a cough drop. She's sucking. I'm sucking. On a cough drop. (laughs) And I'm trying not to make noise into the microphone. Jessica's making a seriously yucky face. She is not impressed. I want to go home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> already nah. just got here nah. do you ever have one of those times when every single freaking book you read turns out to be total crap yeah. yes me last october well i'm having a hell of a time right now everything i seem to pick just does not hit the spot well let, let me rephrase that a little bit let me go around the world with that all the books i've read light lately that i've liked i'm saving for october same i had the same problem <laughs> yeah so i've got yeah. i've got some spectacular october reads lined up because i'm trying to read ahead but now all the stuff that i want to review is horror novels and i can't do that same is it not more fun to review books that are awful He's reviewing a book well, he doesn't like. Oh, yeah, today. I'm Are review, you? I'll review a book that I thought was just garbage. Really? Yeah. God, I hope it's not one we liked. I'm uh, not. Nah. Then we'll have to beat you to a bloody pulp. I do review try. ones that I don't like sometimes. Just sometimes. I think it's, it's got to be more fun. Like, anytime I'm talking to someone about a movie, like, there's only so much I can say about how good it is without trying to, like, hype it up for them. Because like, eventually they're like, watching me like i didn't think it was that good true and really if you think about it it's a public service if you keep someone from reading a terrible book something that's bad i can talk all the shit on it i want and i don't have to worry they'll read and be like i didn't think it was that bad and you don't have like your identity crushed because they aren't telling you that something you loved wasn't that good that's very true you ever gone back to a book and like had a complete change of opinion on it you have not recent not a recent one there was one book that the first time i read it i really loved it but it was a long time ago, and it was when I was very first getting back into reading after not reading for a really long time. And I read it again, and I almost couldn't make it through it. Well, I've done Is that, that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. I really loved Anne Rice's um, Witches series when I was young. Mm-hmm. I was a young adult, like Jessica's age. The first time I read it. It's hard to believe she was ever that young. I know. 
It is hard to believe that I was young and romantic. And I loved that series. And I went back and tried to read it, and I couldn't even get through the first book. I was completely put off. Too cheesy? Too Too romantic. romantic. It's romantic. It's cheesy. It's long. It's boring. I did not like it at all. I liked the long and boring bits, but I didn't like the (laughs) cheese at all. I didn't like the long and boring bits. What was 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 your book that that you went back to and thought was awful? It was one by Stephanie Meyer. The one who wrote Twilight. Yeah, I know. It's one of her other books. It's not the Twilight book. Which one was it? Host. Really? Mm-hmm. I, that's like her you only other read book, that. Right? No, I don't think you read that. Yes, did you I read did. That? You said, oh, read this, read this. It was when we first, or, first started at the library. I read Twilight, and then I read Host because I liked Twilight. And, you know, honestly, I went back and reread Twilight, and there's um, discrepancies in her timeline. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> She's very particular about that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Super. As a writer, you have one job. Keep your chronology right. For those of us who listen to a lot of audiobooks, you get really particular about your narrators. And sometimes they, you can tell when they like stop reading a book and start reading it again, or when they cut part their of voice it out. Is different on different days. Yep. And like, what's really and freaky is like it. if they forget a part, and like the voice will be one way, and then for like two minutes it'll be different, and then it'll go back to the same that it was. Yep. Two minutes ago. And they think we don't notice. I notice. <laughs> I'm listening I to notice. one right now that has music through in the, the back. Whole thing? Through the whole thing. Oh, I'm, I can't I'm stand like that. six minutes in and I'm I would like, be done. fuck this. Yep. Nope. Yeah. yeah. I just stopped reading a book because of that. It was eight minutes in and the music was still playing and I'm like, mm-mm. Well, and nope. I listen to him at out. one and a half now, so it sounds really freaking weird. And I'm like, what yeah, is the that? Music, it really messes with it when you, <laughs> mm-hmm. when you put the, the, uh, the volume speed up. up. The speed, yeah. Yeah, it makes the music sound weird. The voice sounds okay. Because you, you get used to that, but the music does not sound right. Really weird. <laughs> Have you ever listened to a book that has full-on sound effects and different characters for every voice? Yeah, I don't like those I either. I hate it. Now, you would think that we would love that when that happens. It makes no. it, it's, it, but then it's not reading a book if it's not, because when you're reading it in, the, in your head, your voice in your head doesn't change. No. So if you're listening to it, well, audio. mine kind of does, depending on, like, if they have an accent. Well, right. It's written that way. Right, but... Have you ever listened? Justin's giving me a, the old... I just I just can't imagine... The voices in my head are like always I'm trying, the same tone. In my head, I'm trying to... <laughs> I, I go from, like, you know, Sergey said, and then my internal voice becomes Russian all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I could do that. I feel like my internal accent would also be awful. My internal accent is Sergei awful, but said, I still do I love how you just Sergei. have to choose Russian. Yeah, Russian. <laughs> So Come, Justin. <laughs> Come on, I, give it a try, Justin. He wants to. I can see his mouth moving. Dubrovnik. <laughs> I, I don't even know if that's Russian. That's a name of a city in Serbia. I think it's Serbia. Dubrovnik. Well, that's not horrible. I will break you. Yeah, that's terrible. That was like you rolled your R's like you're Hispanic. <laughs> but they do, do that know. with Russia, don't they? I thought but- so. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen that Rocky movie. How's law school, Justin? It is still the worst decision I've ever made, but I only have a year left, so... The worst decision you've ever made. Oh, absolutely. Why? Man, it is just draining in every way. I don't know. I'm 24. I'm a young, vital man. I should not be taking naps as soon as I get home every single day. (laughs) It's just (laughs) exhausting, but I don't know. I'm almost done, so I'm sort of... I'll surge through. So you think you're going to actually end up being a lawyer? I will. Well... Provided I pass the bar. What kind of a lawyer 
are you going to be? Criminal prosecution. <gasps> Justin's going to be a criminal I need to get your number. Put, put <laughs> put my phone. Bad guys in jail. That is pretty freaking awesome, Justin. Maybe. Maybe. Well, in reality, I will be a tool of the state used to oppress the poor and the disenfranchised. <laughs> and you know what? I'll get paid for it, so fuck it. <laughs> this is the banality of evil. Okay. Justin so long can't. as you're on board. <laughs> Don't run for office. This has got to be out there. Jim, <laughs> just be like... <laughs> That's actually, that's what I'm doing. I'm running a preemptive hit campaign. That way, if anybody ever comes to me and says, we really think you'd be good for office, I just play some of these things for them. Like, did you really did allude you really... to you sucking on a penis? <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 absolutely. And that's not the last time. Like, just keep listening. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm did just... Did you really refer to macaroni and cheese as sounding like a pussy? Good, good pussy. Good pussy. Sorry, I do it. I mean, if it clattered around like dry noodles, you'd know there's a problem. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. when you rush her to the hospital. That's a problem. God damn. <laughs> do you rush her to the hospital yeah. or just get the lube? Funniest? No, you rush her to the hospital. Lube can't fix that. I don't care if it's oil based. You start shaking her, she you sounds got, like a baby you, rattle. Martha's speechless. Like, Can that? we just document the fact that Martha can't talk? Have you ever? Okay, I'm a terrible person, so I was thinking this the other day. I saw somebody walking down the street, and just the look of the person, I was thinking, um, her vagina is probably like the turkey from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> oh, that's terrible! Why? Why? What about, about this person? Woman's what about that? What? No. What about that person <laughs> made you fuck? think that? They just looked very dry. What <laughs> like they the maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> My homegirl, my homegirl, drink some water. <laughs> what, like, is this like a, she had a rough life or yeah. she's just like rough dried life. out? Okay. Okay. Ridden hard, hung up wet. Yeah, a few times. Yeah. Look like an old little leather up. saddle. Yeah, little leathery, little Man, saddle. At the DA's office, which I worked there over the summer, I uh, took someone's plea. I was up at the. You took a plea? I took a plea. I was up at the bench and this woman came up to do her plea to plead guilty to the thing. I, all I have to do is sit there and hold the file. And this woman walks up and I'm like, how? I'm not allowed to speak to her because not my client. Whole, mm-hmm. whole deal. But I'm like, look at her and I'm like, girl, what is up? <laughs> and I look at her file to see what she's in for. I was like, Placing bodily fluids upon a corrections officer. Oh. <laughs> well, that means, usually that means that they spat on a prison guard. Sometimes it's not spit, but this one I think was spit. Uh, but I look and I go, well, that means she was already in jail. Let's go further back in the file, see what she was in for. Like, you're and this girl. to look at that? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh. First of all, that shit's public record. Right, you can look up anyone. But, I've like, totally looked the people actual, up. The actual. But this girl, this girl was like kind of a knockout. Tall, all legs, like good looking girl. Definitely knows what meth tastes like, but you know, mm-hmm. shit, nothing the toothbrush can't fix. Anyway, I look a little bit further back into the file. I'm like, oh, assault and battery with a deadly weapon, <laughs> which means she shot at somebody. <laughs> Maybe hit him. I don't know. And How I'm do like, you know she shot him? How do you know she didn't? Most like, of the time, it's anytime it's a, a deadly knife. weapon. It's usually like a gun. It's, it's usually, it's either a gun or a knife. Have you ever mm. seen a samurai sword? Well, yeah, listen. That's a fucking deadly weapon, <laughs> deadly man. Weapon. Uh, hey, I would argue, if you hit somebody with a car, it's assault and battery with a dangerous, which is know. a lesser yeah. charge. Yeah. But it's not the, a weapon. The big difference is penetration. So, as with a lot of things in life, <laughs> penetration matters. <laughs> They're between getting 10 years and getting five years. <laughs> oh, it's all about anyway. the penetration. God. It's all about the penetration. 
Anyway, yeah, so I, I saw that and I said, you know, maybe she's not the one for me. No, no. God, I hope not. That was a regretful day. All right, you should not. The real problem up is the real problem is it is what day is it? Hey, babe, how you doing? It not, is August twenty fourth. She's a spitter. In two days, <laughs> we will like officially that. be at twenty months since I've had a sexual encounter. What? So honestly, a lot of the women down at the jail are starting to look good. Mm, don't do it. Don't yeah, do we it. need to get Justin a girlfriend up <laughs> in here. Do it. And what happened to Tinder? Let's put his picture on the website. I haven't been on see Tinder if we can get him a time. book girl. I haven't been on Tinder in a long time. I just like my self esteem couldn't take it. The best on Tinder? stories on come Tinder. from Tinder. Get on OK nah, Cupid. No, right. I'm get on, on OK Cupid. I'm on OK Cupid. How's it going? I mean, there's weirdos. Hey, tell me, tell me, <laughs> tell us about that one. Oh crap! What did it say? It something. said um, something about plus size music geek must love Satan. What? <laughs> yeah, that's what his yeah. profile said. Hell yourself. Yeah, he's he's a Satanist. What's wrong with a Satanist? Nothing, but it's just... There's all about free will. I know, you, but... But that's not what you put out there on your Tinder profile. Yeah, you what? shouldn't put that on your... <laughs> Tree yourself. Well, yeah, I suppose. You Mine know, would do you say... Want, do you want to weed those... Do you want to, as a person who yeah. that is a part of their life, would you rather weed the people that have a problem with that out right away True. or have to pay for a couple dinners before they find out and run away anyway? Hmm. Save yourself the money. I haven't been back on for very long. I love it when Vonnie dates because I love hearing about all this. <laughs> I live vicariously through yeah. Vonnie's dating experience because <laughs> I've been married for 29 years now. And Good job. Yeah, thanks. I'm clapping internally. <laughs> I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> well, we, you. <laughs> yeah. Were we just talking about that rally around? Oh my God, Vonnie's clapping internally. <laughs> No. As long as it's not the clap, we're okay. <laughs> no, 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 none of that. Uh, Jessica and I were talking about it the other day. She goes, Justin, it's been long enough. You should just start telling people that you're celibate. That way it sounds like a choice. <laughs> <laughs> we did have that conversation. No. I'm trying to gotta, stop my celibacy. That's no, why I went back on OK Cupid. Then they'll think you you're a priest, it. and that's creepy. No, they'll think I have, like, uh, morals. Well, like nobody, nobody's that dumb. Philosophy. But they, they think I have, like, Good self-control. Now, those Beggars people, I choosers, don't whatever. mind That's that fine. they put on their profile. Would rather have woman who is fit or, you know, yeah, okay. something to that, you know, no BBWs. And I totally don't get offended by that. I'm like, okay, swipe it left. Yeah, every, save everybody the time. Yeah. It's like, that's the reason whenever I was on Tinder, I put my height on there. Because occasionally we'd be talk I'd be talking to a girl for a little while. We get a bunch of messages to get a stain. She'd go, Oh gosh, you're so funny. So how tall are you? <laughs> so it's over. And <laughs> every woman has deal breakers mm -hmm. about the whole dating thing. I have several. I would never ever date a smoker mm -hmm. yep. or a Jesus freak. Mm -hmm. Or sorry, Justin, someone shorter than me. <laughs> That's fair. I get it. Those I'd, are my big three. I don't have the shorter than me problem very often i'm only five two there's not very many well, men who five, are shorter seven. than me so yeah first of all i'm taller than you so <coughs> well you were making a big deal about your shortness oh i'm just a lot of girls <laughs> out there on t well, especially on Tinder. i saw this several times like if under six foot don't bother what? and i'm like oh really five ooh. seven is fine so, how I'm five eight you're five eight mm -hmm. see dylan's five eight. and i usually wear shoes so you know five eight and a half so there you go <laughs> The right woman is going to come along. I'm not worried about it. It's been 20 months at this point. Like, I don't even remember right what I'm now, missing. Right now, any woman that comes along would be okay with him. I just, I painted a, uh, I painted a face on my favorite pillow. I hug it whenever I go to sleep. <laughs> oh God, wake up and it's right so there sad. for me. And I say, hey, baby, you'll be here when I get back. You know what? 
It can't run away. <laughs> Maybe we need to take him to the toy store. <laughs> I think we do. <laughs> they have those toys for boys. Yeah, I was just reading a book about uh, the, all the robots available for that sort of thing. <laughs> that Women book that like... I read that one time, the one that had the dolphin sex in it, that had lots of sex mm-hmm. robots in it. <laughs> I forgot about the dolphin sex book. Yeah, it's been a while since I read that. Get a real doll. It's called now. As soon as I'm satisfied with the quality of those things, when they make them like just realistic enough, I'll never go on another date. (laughs) Fuck it. That'll be it. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) No, shut up. Shut up. What? He's like the most fun person to go on a date with. Someone date him. Stop. (laughs) Can we go with some books, maybe? Well, that would be our, um, that was our romance corner since Alyssa's not here today. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Real- hey, I, I got gotcha. you. Justin, the king of romance. <laughs> the king of, king of self-love. Yeah. <laughs> self-love. I'm pretty, I'm pretty effective. After really. 20 months, definitely king of self-love. I'm trying to get these, like, bruises. <laughs> Are you callous yet? No, not on my hands. I'm telling you, the tendonitis talks. <laughs> he, he has been building up. This conversation for so long, he just had to let it all out in one go. Nope. This is every you know conversation. Until, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is every, convers- every conversation. It's lots of conversations. So books. Yes. Let's talk about please. books. <laughs> Let's talk about books, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I read a Ken Follick book. No. Yeah. Did you have a swallow joke? Because I did. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say I swallowed it. I actually chewed it. <laughs> I used my teeth. Can't <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. We can talk about we can talk about books now. I'm done. I'm done. So Ken Follett. I read one of his historical fictions that I have not read before. It's called Eye of the Needle. They actually changed the name of it. It used to be called Storm Island, and they changed it to Eye of the Needle. So this starts out with a young couple. It's during World War II named David and Lucy, and they just got married. And David is set to leave for the war the next day. So on the night of their honeymoon, they get into a car crash. And David is paralyzed from the waist down. On their honeymoon? Right, right. Dude, the, that's harsh. The night that they got married. What's the time period here? The, um, it's World War Two. Okay. so... <clears throat> 40... Between 39 and 45. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to see if there was an actual date. Somewhere 19, in there. Like 1940. Okay. So, of course, obviously, he's a pilot, and his career is no longer because, you know, he's in a wheelchair. And they go to End Island to uh, work at a lighthouse, along with another guy, obviously. And uh, Does a lighthouse have an elevator in it? Uh, I'm really not sure would have that. to if he's got a wheelchair. <laughs> Maybe he keeps the bottom and the other guy keeps the top. Or he, like, Rapunzel's it. Mm. Well, I think I think the wife is the one who actually like does like the lens cleaning and and all of that stuff. (laughs) But um, anyways, and then it goes from that story because Ken Follick often has two different stories going together and they collide somewhere in the book to a spy for German who is in Britain trying to find out intel to send back to Germany. You know, he kills a few people. Bad guy. So on so Nazis. forth. And um, the, his weapon of choice is a knife that's extremely thin, and they call it a needle. Mm-hmm. Hence the name Eye of the Needle. So um, this spy, his name is like Faber, I believe, is on the hunt 
to find out information about the invasion of Normandy. One of the things that they did with the invasion of Normandy is they set up a fake military base Mm -hmm. and everything trying to make the Germans think that the invasion of Normandy was going to happen somewhere else. And I can't remember the town that it was in and everything. But anyways, he's trying to find out information about this base that they think this huge invasion is going to happen at. And because German planes have flown over it and they've seen everything about this. And this really isn't giving away too much because it's something that actually happened. Mm -hmm. But what they did is they like made the base like out of cardboard mm-hmm. to and made it look real from the sky but on ground level it's not real obviously cuz you go up you know something's made out of cardboard <laughs> so he's trying to get back to tell his you know military commanders um about this base being fake and he ends up being in a shipwreck and is washed up on Storm Island and um still trying to pretend he's somebody that he's not so that he can get to the military commanders to tell them the information and so on and so forth. And that's, I'm not going to tell any more about the story because then I'd be giving too much away. But yeah, it was really, it was good. Kind of learned a little bit about some stuff. I actually didn't know that part of the way that they tried to trick Germany is to set up this like cardboard military base to make them think that the invasion was going to happen somewhere else, like D-Day was going to happen somewhere else. Hmm. So, yeah, it was pretty interesting. I like That's not it. the one you were talking about in the car. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. totally threw me off. No, man. that one's called uh, Hammer of Eden. Eden. Oh, God. Yeah, just... you looked super confused. I look at you and you're just yeah. like... Yeah, I'm just trying to figure, figure out, because first, you, when you said it was historical fiction, I'm like, no, you didn't say anything about historical fiction. Yeah, no, no, no. This is a different book that I was talking about in the car. This is actually one of his very first um, bestsellers. Actually, I think we have that one at our house. We have have a paperback copy of that one because Ron liked it. It was good. I really, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed this book a lot. It was, of course, you know, I like Ken Follett. The narration was really good. Although it took me a minute because this was the first Ken Follett book that wasn't done in an accent. In a British accent. Usually all of his books are, when I listen to the Audible. Because that's an older one, so. Right, so it's it's done like an American accent. So that took me a second, but it was all right. It was good. I liked it. Hmm. I would recommend it. Yeah. I think our 40 to 60-year-old men crowd would like this book. <laughs> lots of, lots of um, action and, you know, spies and. Shipwrecks and, and spies and whatnot. Spies and shipwrecks. Nazis. And Nazis and submarines <laughs> and all kinds of fun shit. Gotcha. The story of like all the stuff they did to uh, like misdirect the Germans mm-hmm. in preparation for D Day gets pretty nuts. They uh, there's a story of them pulling some cadaver out of a British morgue. Who, the guy had died of pneumonia, mm-hmm. and they handcuff a briefcase with some fake plans showing because the. Uh, they were attacking Normandy, which is in northern France. Mm-hmm. The plan was to like make the Germans think they were attacking somewhere in southern France so they would get more of the troops down there so it would be easier right. to land in Normandy, right? So they dump this body off the coast of southern France uh, so it'll fl- with a briefcase handcuffed to it with all these fake battle plans so it'll like wash up to the floor. And it mattered that the guy died of pneumonia because uh, whenever you do an autopsy, somebody that died of pneumonia, it looks like they drowned. Yeah. So 
they had to like make it as possible for the germs as possible. So hmm. apparently it worked pretty well. <laughs> Not perfectly. <laughs> Otherwise, Saving Private Ryan wouldn't have been as good of a movie. Well, exactly. <laughs> but did you just roll your eyes at Saving Private Ryan? I did, yes. That's a great movie. What's your problem with Saving Private Ryan? I hate Ryan? horror movies, man. I hate them. Why? Because I do. They're not my favorite either, but I, I like, like that one. movies. But I don't because like Because like war, war is bad movies. and they seem to like... Because they're always about killing and sadness. And why the fuck would you spend two hours of your life being depressed Saving and watching Private people Ryan kill each other? Was it's about like... heroism, patriotism... And how saving the life of one of your countrymen is like saving the life of thousands of your countrymen whenever it brings peace to a grieving mother. It's a beautiful movie. That <laughs> self-sacrifice. It's like watching a Nicholas Sparks movie. I don't <laughs> no, get it. I, I don't, don't want to be so. sad. Sadness porn. No. Sadness porn. That's exactly what war, war movies are with guns. <coughs> Another thing I don't do. So there you go. No <laughs> war movies for this girl. Leave that to the 40 to 60 year old men and Justin, obviously. Hello. Or just... And me. Yeah, and you. Of course, I do the books more than I do the movies. So that was um, called Eye of the Needle by Ken Follett. Splitting hairs. What do you got over there, Justin? I've been dying to hear what you're going to review. <laughs> <coughs> oh, I thought you were... <laughs> I thought you had a book. No, I couldn't. I, could, I, couldn't I can't find. see him very well because so I, I had the monitor I in front of him. found... What I have to assume is some sort of like illegal PDF site for this book whenever I decided to read it and could not for the life of me find it because I was going to pull excerpts from it and like do a dramatic reading because I think this book is garbage and I wanted to like read some of <laughs> like share. the really bad, bad Share the sentences. awfulness with us? Yeah. Anyway. Um, I guess we're roasting a garbage book. It's just not. Was it? It's not without charms. Was but it Fifty Shades of Grey? It was not Fifty Shades did of Grey. Did you do your title and artist at the end? Yeah. She did. She did. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So the name of my book is A Call to Arms by Alan Dean Foster. It's part of a trilogy. And I the love trilogy, Alan Dean Foster. You know, he has an extensive I've never read that one, though. This one's gone. I don't know how his other books are, but the fact that he's written so many of them. And he's done, like, novelizations and, like, uh, novelizations <laughs> of movies mm-hmm. and um, looked like a lot of Star Wars and Star Trek things. So, I mean, he's got writing credits and mm-hmm. apparently somebody reads his books, but hopefully nobody read this one because... Yikes. Well, you know, not everybody can hit a home run every single time. All right. I'm reserving my right to throw things at you. Well, first first strike, the name of the trilogy that this is part of is called The Damned Trilogy. Too much. Right. Too much, right? Okay. It's a little okay. new metal. Which, right. I mean, it came out in 91. I get it. You know, you're... Okay. Just like, but you like Damned and Doomed. Yeah, that's different. Those are like satirical and fun and funny. This was just like very self-serious. Like, we're the damned. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Stop being so uh, dramatic. Anyway, so synopsis of this book, aliens, two alien races. One of them is seeking to get all of the races in the universe or all the aliens in the universe, all the creatures in the universe, whatever, under their control because that's what their religion tells them to do. Okay. Okay. Other aliens are like, that's bad and we want to stop them. Okay. The twist. Aliens are really bad at violence. Apparently, every intelligent race in the universe has evolved to abhor violence, especially against other sentient creatures. So they're really they're having this war, and this war's been going on for thousands of years across the galaxy. But, but they suck it's at slow, it? and they're really bad, <laughs> and they don't like killing each other. Huh. And so, like, 
they're they're running into this big problem because they're just so bad at fighting that nobody's really getting anywhere. But the bad aliens, the ones that are trying to like unite every or uh, unite everybody under their religion, uh, have some mind control abilities, so they're a little bit better than the other ones. But they still mm-hmm. get like physically ill whenever they have to kill something. <laughs> And so they're just like really, really bad at killing. So the people. whole thing is like an oxymoron. A little bit. Like they, there's this intergalactic or interstellar war where no they're bad. To. Nobody wants to be fighting, but they're like, we're, but they we, have to be fighting because they, have to they be fighting. need to be fighting. But they well, don't because you know fight. they're like following the prime directive. They have to unify things. It's their duty. It's their burden. Hmm. Anyway, which <clears throat> that's the thing. They want to like minimize casualties as much as possible, like both sides do, because. You know, the more people united under their great purpose, the better. And then for the good aliens, it's like, you know, we don't want to lose people to these uh, mind controllers anyway. But they're, they're all really, really bad at it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, the good aliens discover Earth uh-uh. in like the 1990s. And they go down. They send this little like task force down there. Initially, they're like, God, these guys look awful. They don't have any inner like they've barely been to space they don't have any advanced technology like they're going to be useless to us we can't use them in our war at all but and they so, can because we can kill things i'm getting that will you stop <laughs> anyway so they go and they land and this like special task force they're most elite fighters these like little cat people and all the aliens have like stupid descriptions like the evil <laughs> aliens are like these little octopus things i'm just like like all of the descriptions are just stupid i was like one of them i think one of the aliens is described as like a two foot tall taper like race which a taper is like a long nosed mammal like four or like a mammal kind of looks like a mm-hmm. anteater it's just goofy looking i don't know mm-hmm. just like the worst george lucas ever put into star wars anyway they send this like special task force down to like investigate humanity and what they do is they end up landing uh in this bay in south america where this writer is working on uh his next manuscript he's got like writer's block or something and they go on the the boat and try to like talk to him, but they like freak him out because the giant cat people trying to talk to him. And he yeah. like like slaps one of their hands away, and apparently just like like little slap on the wrist and breaks this alien's arm. And they like freak out because one apparently humans are way stronger than all of the these aliens. Uh, the aliens. But also he didn't like immediately start vomiting whenever he hit them, and apparently that's everyone else's reaction whenever they do violence to another creature. Okay, you're right. Okay, you're right. You're right. This does sound terrible. they decide, like, they, like, start investigating humans. They realize, like, wait, humans kill each other. That's nuts. That's, like, a thing that does not happen the galaxy over. They're, like, like, inter or uh, intra-species violence is unheard of Mm -hmm. among intelligent races. But humans, we do that shit. Mm -hmm. And so what they do is they set up shop on this, like, south american coast and start getting these homeless people because they can like create gold because science fiction whatever they start they get these homeless people to sign up to fight in their war and like give famine this gold that they create or whatever and these homeless people they like they like outfit the homeless people and like send them to space and send them to space to fight this inter uh, interstellar war and these homeless, these like, these like, bum fights in space and these bums who have apparently held a rifle like twice in their life start curb stomping these bad aliens, just destroying them, running roughshod over all of them. And like that, there's some like, I think there's a couple chapters from the bad aliens points of view. And there's like, 
we're being massacred. Like, what are these strange, violent creatures? It's just a whole nutty thing. It's like the and trash like, can fire. So the, the weird. So this is uh, the positive thing I'm going to say about this book. It gave me such a hard on for being a human. But it's like these story. It's like this, like these, like badass, like action movie scenes where these fucking this, like. I swear to God, one of them is a 40-year-old homeless woman from South America just, like, kicking down a door and just putting a rifle in an alien's mouth and just blowing their brains out or something. And it's like, just like, humans, they're talking about humans how fast rock, we are, man. how, you know, how fast we are, how strong we are, how, like, like vicious we are. And it's like, yeah, fucking get them. Kill those aliens. <laughs> and, every, and everyone on the good side, everyone on the bad side is, like, freaking out. Like, they're so violent. Like, what if they turn on us? Like, which, you know, all right, that's fair. But... It was just like, it's sort of this like, he does do a kind of good job of an outsider's view of humans. Mm-hmm. Like, ideas wise, it's almost fine. And then just his writing is garbage. I don't know. I don't know how long he had been working at this point. Maybe he got better as time went on. I haven't read any of his other books. But mm. this one is just like written like shit. And then the whole time you have the author who is like the liaison now between the aliens and the the, ho- the hobo army. And his, the whole I guess time, that's one way to get the homeless off the street. The whole time, he's like complaining about humans being used as weapons. Essentially, like that, you know, we're so much better than this. We're more than just our violence. And it's sort of like, uh, you know, we were just talking about war movies, and there's a very valid criticism, a famous saying about war movies, in that it's impossible to create a true anti-war movie because no matter what you do. War ends up looking awesome because explosions are cool and, you know, people like winning. So whenever you see the good guys victorious, everybody like feels good. So it's hard to make an anti-war movie. This book has the same problem where it uses its author mouth, author's mouthpiece, the guy who, the character who is also an author. Funny how that works. The, the author writes in a character who's an author and then uses that one as a mouthpiece. This guy's not Stephen King. Like, I don't know why... Anyway. So it's Did like you using know this, that guy. this guy. Now listen to this. This guy was the original, was the ghostwriter of the original novelization of Star Wars. This is the guy you're talking about right now. Yeah, and just saying. I'll come out and say that Star Wars sucks too. <clears throat> Not that he had anything to do with writing the plot and stuff for Star Wars, just the novelization, which I'm sure is the skillet on its own. But anyway, disclosure. The thoughts of Justin are not <laughs> shared with all of the book girls. <clears throat> I'm responsible for my own thoughts. You can at me. You can come at me. Anyway. So, yeah, you have this author's mouthpiece who's talking about how humans are so much more than their violent nature. And we we have the ability to rise up and all of this. It's like, but then the battle seeds are like the best part. And they're ridiculous. By far, and they're ridiculous and over the top and a lot of fun. And then you have the author or the... Uh, the author character droning on about like how creative and artistic humans are at the same time. And the whole time it's written like this guy was in middle school whenever he started typing it up. It's just like, just I wish I could have found the PDF so I could have pulled some of the like really bad sentences out, but mm. just not very well written. I think his first novels were some something in the seventies. Okay. So he's been writing a really long time. Maybe he had a cocaine phase or something. Maybe he was like flirting with this being his war and peace. You know, this was his his great statement about humanity. Maybe he was tripping on acid when he wrote it. Tripping balls. 
well, this it was sounds his... like it's supposed to be some sort of big satire about humans and violence. Oh, like, it's definitely it's not be, satirical because it, it wasn't funny satirical. at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was not. Or, like, I didn't some laugh. big no. commentary no. on that, but it was like a poor. Yeah, yeah. He was definitely it. trying to comment on like you know humans are inherently violent, but like what if we are the only inherently violent hmm. species in the galaxy, and can we become more than that? But like filtered through a 14-year-old's imagination and vernacular. Like, after oh. probably a third of the way through, I was like, I'm going to finish this, but I know it's garbage, and it will continue to be garbage, and I was correct. <laughs> I was correct. Tell us how you really feel, Justin. It stop! Oh, was God! so fucking bad. Like, I'm just like, I would have to stop and take a walk occasionally. Like, God, this got published, and it got published before you could just publish anything as an ebook. you know? Hmm. Like, Not somebody wasted punches. paper on this. Wow. What was that something Milton said is like, if you destroy a man, you destroy a rational creature. If you destroy a good book, you destroy rationality itself. I think that's a Milton quote. I'm That's paraphrased. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Milton would have looked at this book and said, nah, you can torch this bitch. <laughs> well, he did say <laughs> No punches book. pulled. None. What'd you say? He did say good book. Yeah, good book, yeah. This, this was like so far from good book. <laughs> It sounds freaking hilarious. If I could, I'll just have to say, it sounds I was going to say, it funny. would make a great comedy movie. Yeah. It's sort right of fascinating. Now. It like, sounds like a movie that would be playing on, like, um, what was that? Uh, science Theater. Oh, Mystery Science. Mystery yeah. Science. Mystery yeah. Science Theater 3000. Yeah. yeah I you know, if see I that get, playing. If I get, like, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill as, like, a little buddy cop movie, and they get transported in this, like, interstellar war where they just, like, kick everybody's ass and, like, and they whip while every they do time it. they... They try to fight each other. I mean, that's hilarious. That's it's comedy gold. One of the one of the alien races is described as becoming catatonic upon witnessing violence, and they're like an integral part of this military. It's like, no, we just can't get them anywhere close to the fighting. Otherwise, they go catatonic and can't function. It's that's like crazy. How did these? The explanation for why humans ended up <laughs> violent is all is like I don't know. As far as like an author saving throw, I was like, yeah, you could have done worse. It's like. Apparently, every other world that has intelligent life on it has a Pangea, or so a one supercontinent. So humanity's not like naturally divided. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the the aliens on that planet wouldn't be naturally divided. But since our continents broke up, we ended up like inherently uh, having other? animosity towards one another. Like that is, oh, it could have been worse. After reading the rest of the things, it could have been much, much worse. The rest of the book, mm-hmm. it could have been much, much worse. But oh. Oof. This All book right. sucked. All right. Well, tell us the uh, title in ours so we won't read it. A Call to Arms by Alan Dean Foster. More like a call to ass. Because it was ass. <laughs> Bad book. Damn. I didn't even rip the dinner that hard, and I hate that. No, you didn't. This is just... And I'm I happen nice to really person. like Alan Dean Foster, just hey, not that book. God bless him. I hope he, I hope he read <laughs> back through it. You know, maybe the, maybe the next two in the trilogy, like, save it or something. Oh, I doubt it. But... That sounds like a terrible premise. I honestly, the reason I read Although, it because I thought the premise. if it was a comedy, I'd watch it because it sounds hilarious. It, it does sound pretty it hilarious. Just it just, it made funny. me so proud to be a human. I was like, it was like Team America, World Police, you know, America, fuck it. I was like, humanity, fuck yeah, <laughs> killing aliens. <laughs> All right, let's switch over before you go off on another tangent. <laughs> Jessica. I baby. read Girls Like Us by Christina Alger. Which I just kept popping up on all of my stuff. Like it would pop up on my Instagram commercial stuff or my Facebook thing. People were trying to get you to read it, in other yeah. words. Yeah. So it just popped up all over the place. And, you know, I was like, I haven't read like a crime book in a minute. So, like, 
why not? Got on the wait list for the library. It came in, luckily, because I didn't have anything to review until I finished it yesterday. <laughs> but, um Well, because all the other stuff was horror for yeah, October or I had know. already been reviewed. And I actually really liked it. I, it was The premise is it's an FBI agent. Her name is Nell Flynn. She works for the BAU. Um, for the what a what The BAU, the Behavioral, Behavioral Analysis Unit. Unit. Thank you. Of, of Criminal Minds. Yeah. Well, I just want to make sure that all of our book girls get that. Oh, yeah. Oh. They're not all... Uh... Not everyone is American. Yeah. We have yeah. lots of international listeners. Yeah, like from Singapore. You guys remember <laughs> I did that at the live show? Yeah. I said I was from Singapore. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. You're hilarious, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so her name is Nell Flynn, and she... Goes home because her dad, who is a detective in Suffolk County, which is near the Hamptons on Long Island. It's like a, it's the Hamptons are part of it. They live in like the residential area, not the super rich people area. Um, He died in a motorcycle accident. He was a detective for the Suffolk County PD. So she's going home to like spread his ashes and mourn him, mourn things and get everything back together. And she's also on like on medical leave from her job because she was shot by this mafia guy which makes me wonder if there's another book that i needed to read first but doesn't really come into play at all and so she meets up with her dad's friends and they take his ashes and they spread them she's meeting with the people to sign all the papers because there's lots of paperwork when people die and uh her dad's partner who is her age she went to school with him in when she was in high school comes to ask her about this murder scene that's come upon. Um, like a call girl has been murdered, cut into pieces, and tied, and wrapped in burlap like a Christmas tree, which is really dark. That was a really Ew. dark reference. But yeah. And there had been a girl that the same thing had happened to the summer before that her dad was working <coughs> on. See, so he, he tries to, he gets her to come on the case, and then he takes her to the scene and has her look at things because she's uh, kind of has the imprint of a serial killer. And, you know, because it had happened, like another girl had been killed the same way the summer before. And their main suspect is a landscaper that worked for the, like they were trying to do dune it's restoration. The whole tree thing. Yeah. He's like the main suspect that they have, but you kind of get the feeling that it doesn't make sense. And so they are looking for this, and it's buried next to this rich guy's house who has kind of a dirty reputation for, like, liking young girls, escorts, Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And so it goes through this whole thing. And the first half of the book, I'm kind of like, ah, I mean, it's all right. It's like your typical murder novel. I kind of see where it's going. And I'm like, ah, it's another episode of Criminal Minds. I love Criminal Minds, so that's fine, but kind of more of the same. The ending of this book fucked me up. I did not see it coming. (laughs) I was like, what the heck happened love there it when that happened <laughs> just like because um so you get the typical paying off dirty cops thing from the <laughs> super rich guy who likes young escorts and you're like okay and then there's just so many twists at the end that you're just like i don't know how it happened but i can't say a whole lot because it'll give it away um so Sounds i loved like it, it. Was very backloaded like, it was, was it kind it, of boring up until it-, it wasn't boring but it was just like typical the, the trope like the typical kind of played out like, well, there's going to be a dirty cop and they're just getting paid off to look the other way because mm-hmm. they're just going to frame, they're going to 
Panadol on the landscaping guy. And there's going to be a red herring. Yeah, and they think it's, and like at one point she thinks it's her dad because he's somehow in this. And she's like, my dad drives a red truck too. And you're like, oh, that's going to be yeah. fun for you. And just, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, ugh. And then it just takes a turn at the end. And I was like, whoa, that was cool. I'm glad I read it. <laughs> but sweet. Did it have enough? If you imagine a book is like a trail of candy, did it have enough candy pieces along the way to like keep you wanting to stick with it? Or yeah, I mean, I I'd be worried there wasn't enough uh, like plot. I read the whole thing in like two days, so it's a pretty okay. quick read. It only takes place over like the course of a week, okay. So like it moves pretty quick, and you've got a lot of different pieces moving. Like, um, her mom was murdered when she was really young, and this kid is the one who's arrested for it, and like <laughs> then. But there's this one reporter who, like, casts shadow on her dad. So you go into that a little bit. And there's just, like, a lot of weird parts that are integral mm-hmm. that you kind of are like, okay, why are they telling me this? And you don't figure it out until the very end. I love it, though, <laughs> when they when they twist you so hard, there's no way you saw it coming. Yep. Because then you don't feel stupid when you finish. Somebody gave me a hard time the other day about, well, if you figure it out, that means you're smart. No, it just means it's it could a, mean a lot. You of figure things. it out. It means the book wasn't complex enough. It was played out like it's just. So wait, yeah. did it make sense that it was the person that it was? Oh like, yeah, definitely. Like looking back, were you like, oh yeah, I see now that it was that person. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like it, it makes total sense, but um, yeah, I never would have thought. See, of that. that's I like it when that happens, though. I like it when you can you can get all the way through the book and you're you're into it, so you're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But you just don't have quite enough information. Yeah. yeah. But only when the it. person who, you know, w- when it happens and you go back and think about it, it makes sense. Right, now, right. I've read some books that somebody, you know, that you didn't think would did it and did it, but it doesn't make sense why they would do it. Right. I so, mean, there was nothing leading up to it. It was like just, you know, this random person that. Yep. George R. R. Martin has a great quote where he talks about. If you've set up your book, don't you don't like the Game of Thrones books? I've never no, actually read them. I do not. Well, anyway, he has this quote where he says, if you've set up your whole book that the uh, the twist is that the butler did it and you've laid out all of these clues throughout it and then you read online somebody guessing that the butler did it and you get freaked out and go back and <laughs> make it so that the chambermaid did it instead. Well, now you have all of these dangling pro- plot threads that don't actually go anywhere and then you have like this person coming out of nowhere just because you were trying to surprise the audience rather than making your story make sense. I always no, prefer my story yeah. to make sense mm-hmm. and then to surprise it, me. It definitely made sense. Because like the person who did it, like looking at it, I'm like, oh, it definitely does point there. That was cool. good. I really actually enjoyed it. I haven't read a murder mystery in a long time where I was like, that was good. Because <laughs> I, I was really into them for a long time and then it, it gets kind of played out when you read a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, but anyways, that was called Girls Like Us by Christina Alger. Are you ready to go back to space? It's not Alan Dean Foster, though. Is Bless. it octopus and cat aliens no, fighting each other? No, they're That's really so not. Man, these cats should have been so cool. They're like giant cat people, and they were like the special forces. But they were actually and then pussies. A little, a little. <laughs> That's a good one. That was very. That was a very highbrow joke. <laughs> Thank you. Then a karate I'm chop from this schlubby fifty-year-old author breaks one of their arms. Like God. All right, okay. Don't, don't don't get started again. One out of ten. <laughs> All right, so I read a book called One Way by S.J. Morden. It was kind of like The Martian oh. in that it took place on Mars. The 
bulk of it took place in Mars. <laughs> Is that the only way it's like the Martian? <laughs> no, it actually did have some other similar. Total Recall reminds me so much of the Martian. Because oh. yeah. he goes to Mars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But there actually were some similarities. Um, but the interesting thing about it, it was different because, well, for several reasons. But the biggest one being it takes place in the very near future. And this big corporation owns the prisons. And so they've decided that they're going to save money. They also have the contract to build all this stuff on Mars. So what they do is they find some prisoners who never get any visitors and who are lifers. And they give them a choice. And they say, either you can live out your days in solitary confinement or whatever it is. Or you can go to Mars. So they put them in stasis. Are these Americans? <laughs> yes. I want to talk about, I want to talk to their attorneys. It's a about law thing, right. Their right. right but they basically. To not be cruelly they basically or unusually are, punished. Yes. They're basically given <laughs> this choice to go. By going to Mars. To go to Mars to build this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they all agree to do it, but basically. They're not told everything. So there are a few things wrong with the plot, first of all. A few big things. When they put them, they send them to Mars, but they totally put them completely under for the whole trip. Like so they're sleeping? Yeah. And there's never any real explanation as to how they're, you know, it's too near future to really. But you can you can accept that they got sent to Mars, but you can't accept that they were just like hand wave the cryo no because mars is not going to mars is not that far off we've already got you know freaking getting rovers on mars it's not that far away it's not that far away man so i'm okay with all that but the way they were sent was weird because they put them totally to sleep and then they just basically wake up on mars Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of just really weird plot holes when it comes to stuff like that so they get up there and it's a lot like the Martian in the beginning parts mm-hmm. where they're talking about the different building structures on Mars and doing this and that. It was a lot more interesting than the Martian because there's more than one person. That's one of the things I hated about the Martian is it's so fucking boring because it was just the, the one guy and it was just journal entries mm-hmm. for the whole thing. So if you actually physically read the Martian, it was boring as fuck. It was super I boring. I hated it. The movie was pretty The movie was excellent, but I did not like the book. But this reminded me a lot of that because of the the different things that they were doing mm-hmm. and, you know, building up this base and everything. So it turns out that, turns out to be a prison guard <coughs> up there with them. And he's basically supposed to be keeping them in line. Well, the main character's name is Frank, and he is... He was basically put in prison for killing his son's drug dealer. Mm-hmm. So he's basically a good guy. Yeah. It's like Con Air. Yeah. I mean, he's a great guy, um, but he and seven of his other fellow cons are up there. And, of course, none of them trust each other. And there's all kinds of weird things that begin happening. And a bunch of people start dying. And it's really sketchy. Because you start to realize that, wait a second, are these guys even meant to survive based on the way things are set up up there? You send these people to Mars and you're thinking you trust them enough 
to send them up there to do this work, but yet you treat them so poorly, you know, since this is a private prison, Mm -hmm. you know, these prisoners become slaves, basically, to the corporation, and they can do whatever they want as long as they have the permission of the prisoner. You know, they've, they've signed their rights away. And send them basically on a death mission. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of interesting things that went on there. And I liked it had quite a bit of science in it. But I liked it so much more <coughs> than The Martian because there was actually a plot attached. <laughs> where there was a story and there were characters. And so there were a lot of things <coughs> that I liked about this as opposed to The Martian. So, I mean, it was an entertaining book, especially if you like science fiction. It wasn't a fabulous book. It wasn't one of those over-the-top wonderful books, but it was very entertaining, and I enjoyed it. How was the writing? Passable? Like good enough to get the point across? Not distracting? Yeah, it was all right. uh, I listened to it, so you can usually tell if it's horrible writing when you're being read to and the Mm -hmm. sentences don't make sense or, you know, it doesn't flow. That's the great thing about audiobooks is you can weed them out real quick. Mm Mm-hmm. So I did like it, though. And it's actually the first in a series. Um, The main character's name is Frank Kittredge. And that's the other thing is I knew the guy was going to make it. I knew he was going to survive because this is the first of the series. And it's the guy's name. So you know, the name of the series. (laughs) Frank Kittredge is the main character's name. Uh And it's the number one book in the Frank Kittredge series. So you know he's going to survive it, which... I kind of didn't like because I kept thinking, oh, he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Every time you'd get into a scrape, I'd be like, ah, he's fine. So there's there's that part. But What was the title? It was called One Way and was actually written by a guy who is... I would have named it Marstralia. I was about to say that. Okay, yeah. He's the guy, S.J. Morden, trained as a rocket scientist before he became an author. So... So there you go. The guy's smart. He knows his science. So once again, you know, it was similar. There were a few things that kind of left me going, hmm, because it wasn't enough like the Martian, where there were some things that were in the Martian that were different in this. And I don't know which thing is right. Mm, right. Science wise. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of going, hey, you can't do that. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Where because supposedly the Martian was was very spot on science wise mm-hmm. but tough to say which one is right because i'm not a smart science person but i did enjoy it though so if you want a good science fiction read that's just kind of entertaining so it was called one way by sj morden and i listened to the audio on that awesome have you guys read much neil gaiman gaiman um i have read a couple of things by him but my main problem is that since I do mostly audio now, mm-hmm. I can't listen to him do his audio. He's oh, does he? Terrible. Does he voice his own audiobook? Yeah, that's hilarious. He's terrible. Interesting. I've never Sorry, heard the man Neil, speak. Just not into your voice, dude. <laughs> Books are great. Your voice, yeah. Not so yeah much. I just you really know, have an issue with it. I did. I don't know who who reviewed the Night Tiger on here, but. I listened to the audio, and the author does the audio, and I loved her voice. Well, sometimes you do have a. It good was one. so good. The lady that did. Um, Oh, shit. What was the name of that one that I really liked that was uh, was about the teenage girls? Fuck, I can't remember. Little House on the Prairie. No. (laughs) Beauty Queen? Yes, Beauty. 
Wasn't it something Beauty like queens? that? Yeah, it was something like that. Now I can't fucking think of it. But anyway, she did the audio, and she was incredible. Yeah, I've read she some. She was perfect for it. So you get some that are really good. Yeah, and I listen, I listen to it, A, because I spend so much time in the car that mm-hmm. I like to have an audiobook. But also, a lot of the places and the names, because mm-hmm. she's um, Yangzi Chu, um, I wouldn't have known how to pronounce if I didn't listen yeah, to it. That's yeah. one of the so cool things cool. about listening to audios, unless, of course, the narrator doesn't know how to pronounce them. <laughs> that's good. But yeah, I, I totally understand that. But I, I am not a fan of, of Neil Gaiman's audios at all. Uh-huh. So a lot of times if I get the opportunity to actually physically read them, then they're okay. But Good Omens, he it's didn't like, read. It's like Bob Dylan. I liked that. I, I like, I like yeah. his writing. I don't like his singing. Yeah, just like a woman. And <laughs> she makes just like a woman. <laughs> Sorry. The audio for Good Omens was good, though. I liked Good Omens. I've only, yeah. I only, I think I've only read American Gods. I think that's mm. I American saw. Gods was so fucking good. Man. I, I liked American Gods. Loved American. Ending Gods. was ending had me scratching my head a little bit. I don't really listen to very many audiobooks, but I found a bunch of the uh, Dresden File books. I love the Dresden, you like Dresden Files. Dresden Files. My so, dad reviewed that on. Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I didn't realize. We have yeah, like um, all the actual books if you want to borrow. Them. I actually might, but uh, the guy that played Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't watch that one. I can't help you. You didn't watch me either, man. I feel like Sorry. I feel like this is the room for that. The room no, for Buffy. Buffy was. I was already an adult by the time yeah, that but came I feel out. Like, I don't know. That just seems like it would be right up your alley. Yeah, I've watched a couple of them, but be. not enough to know who the characters were. Oh, okay, fair enough. Anyway, he does the voice for, um, hmm. or he does the hmm. audiobooks for the Dresden Files. He's. I don't know. I don't know how to grade. Uh, the Dresden He's not Files distracting. Was, the Dresden Files was so good. I just loved it so much. Yeah. And I did listen to the audio. Okay. So, yeah. yes, I loved it. I thought it was so, fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if he's like a good audiobook he reader good, or if he's he just not good. distracting. No, he is good. <laughs> I think being a good audiobook reader is being a good voice actor. Okay. Yeah. The woman who did the audio for The Rook was outstanding. Oh, I loved The Rook so much. Uh, she Speaking does... of The Rook, don't fucking watch the TV show, people. Is it, is awful? it not good? It's awful. Oh, it man. is nothing like the book, and I'm so disappointed. Don't <laughs> watch it. Read the book. The book is better. The book was awesome. So disappointed. Garrett just finished the book on my Audible account. I got stars just to watch that. Yeah, we were going to do that. That was our plan for <laughs> well, next now you can weekend. Watch American Gods. I did watch American Gods. I haven't. I, and American Gods was fantastic. Was it good? It was. It was good. It was really I good. Watched, like, did you two watch episodes. Good Omens? I liked it. I watched Good Omens and I loved it. I loved Good Omens. Mm-hmm. It was such a good... I liked yep. their casting for Crowley and Aziraphale. Oh, I know. It was perfect. <coughs> you can you do things live well. over there? You're just hacking no. up three or four lungs, not even two. Smokey Smokerson over here. <laughs> yeah, it's all that secondhand smoke from that chick that lives above you in your apartment building. It's all that smoke comes in through your vents and makes you, gives you a smoker's cough. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> no, I think it's just... I've had issues with that all week. Against sneezing and coughing and coughing. I think ragweed's high. Well, I took cough medicine right before I came on, but I don't know if it's just wearing off or I'm kind of thirsty too. When I drank all of my um, my Starbucks is gone. Man, so I feel I feel perfectly healthy. So uh, that's you know. So come sit nice. next to me. <laughs> Let me breathe feel, on you. Fantastic. This time next week is gonna be like goddamn Vonnie. Nah, I have. <laughs> she I have gave me kennel cough. <laughs> 
That That's bitch. what it is. It's kennel cop. Kennel cop. I <laughs> uh, started PT school this week. PTA Woo! school this week. And I have my first lab. And my lab partner is a six foot five dude who played basketball in Europe. And so uh, the lab is like you just told us, like, bring a sports bra and shorts. We're going to take our clothes off and touch each other on the first day. She was not playing around. Um, so she would just, like, call out things. We were finding bony landmarks. She was like, bony landmarks? Yeah, so, like, spine of the scapula is a big one. Hey, ask permission next time. <laughs> <laughs> They're touching each other over there. Oh, God. No um, means no. This I is didn't like, say no. I just, you know, want some, <laughs> a want warning. Some yeah. She would just, like, call out things, like, Find and palpate your partner's sternum. So this huge dude is like, um, sorry. Before he touches my sternum, but I was like, it's fine. Everything's fine. And then it's my turn. He's laying on the table and she's like, find and palpate your partner's pubic bones. And he was like, let's just skip that one. And I was like, totally fine with me. Let's just <laughs> glaze over that one. <laughs> Stranger danger! Don't touch my pubic bone! <laughs> it was really funny. I was just like, huh. I really wish I had a female lab partner right now. <laughs> yeah, that would be awkward. Justin's got a faraway look in his eyes. He's like, wish somebody would pub- pul- pulpate my pubic bone. I haven't been touched in so long. It's just, <laughs> it's wild. He'd just palpate anything and he would be happy. No, no, he got mad at me for touching the spine I'm gonna of his go, I'm going to go hug pillow tonight and think about oh. all the And if you want to date Justin, we have his photo. Like, you're better than that. Don't stoop. <laughs> Don't settle up. for this. <laughs> Fine. It's rough out here. He's a law student. Shut up. And he's a good-looking law student. I'm not that good of a law student. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up! We're trying to help you out over here. This is the problem. No lawyer at all. (laughs) I think we just need to gag him and send him on a date. Don't threaten me with a good time. And (laughs) on that note, that's going to do it for (laughs) Three Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.